0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Southern Fried Storytime. I am sitting right in here in the podcasting room and watching both dogs kind of cuddle right on up next to me. So if you hear what sounds like me breathing really, really hard and talking at the same time and you're wondering, how on earth does she do that? That's not me. That's the dogs. They just came back from their walk. So they're huffing and puffing a little. So let's see here. We're going to start right where we left off with our Loki episode when doing Ragnarok. Loki was dragged into a cave along with his sons that were not monsters. In front of Loki, Odin turned his eldest son into a savage, hungry, feral wolf who then ate his younger brother before they set him free. Odin then removed the entrails of Loki's younger son and used them to bind the god of mischief to the inside of the cave. The organs turned to iron, and a poisonous snake was placed on the rocks above Loki. The snake's mouth was forced open, and as the venom dripped from its fangs, it landed on Loki's flesh. First it burned a hole in the skin, then it traveled every nerve of his body with a scalding electricity that even Thor couldn't manage. The blinding pain had just begun to pass when another drop fell, repeating the process. Odin watched Loki writhe in sorrow for his son, whose life was now lost, for his sworn brother, who was now his enemy but mostly because of the prophecy. The prophecy he had given up his eye to see. The prophecy that Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods, would begin with Baldur's death. Odin had begun their friendship when Loki was a light-hearted, mischievous imp, and had watched as the weight of his terrible destiny had dragged him kicking and screaming to that inevitable fate. Loki didn't fear death, because he knew how he would die. He and Odin knew how they would all die, and it began the moment the spear had entered Baldr. That was the first chapter of the Book of Ragnarok, but its prequel was written in the millennia of mischief for attention, for a laugh, for the love and companionship that never came. Thousands of years Loki had gathered them treasures and protected them from harm, even at great personal cost, but that earned him no more love than his little jokes. So the mischief, the cries for attention escalated until mischief became malice and resentment. If they would not love him, he would hurt them as, he hurt, as they hurt him. It escalated too far and now destruction was upon them, for Loki had killed Odin's son. Odin was more sad than angry. If harm to one's children was the final bridge, then Odin had crossed it long before Loki had. His treatment of Loki's children had been appalling. Perhaps he allowed it because he knew what Loki would become. Perhaps he allowed it because Loki's children didn't look as human as his own. Still, he had to admit, he had struck Loki's children long before Loki had struck his. He had no right to be angry, even if he was. So instead he was sad and terribly afraid as he considered what brought them all here. Soon, Odin would not be the only one seeking revenge for his son, some day Loki would break free and end everything. Sigurd, Loki's wife, brought a bowl to the cave and caught the drops of venom before they landed on her husband. When the bowl would fill, she would have to empty it, and the venom would throw him into convulsions that would shock the world, throwing his mind from the suffering of the present to the suffering of the past. Drip! He remembered Hel, his poor sickly little girl, was it not enough for half of her body to be a decomposing corpse? Odin had sent her to the land of the dishonored dead to stay forever. Poor girl. Drip, he thought of Jormungandr. The father of lies has sired three monsters, the prophecy had said. Expect nothing from them but death. Fenrir, Hell, and Jormungandr. Those are the names you will cry when the world ends." As a result, the children of Loki had been dragged into Odin's throne room and put on display at a feast celebrating their capture. Loki could still remember Hel's pale little hands gripping the bars, one supple and lovely, one skeletal and rotten. In the cage next to her, a tempest of movement raged. Jormungandr, the great snake, whipped and churned within his cage. Odin stared at the cages deep in thought. He said... The girl to the land of the dead, and Fenrir, the wolf, to his deepest dungeon. That left the snake. Jormungandr lashed his tail out at Thor, knocking the guy, the god, side, sideways. Something had to be done. They hauled the creature to the Bifrost. In his eagerness to throw the cage over the bridge, Thor damaged the door, and the snake broke free. He lunged at Thor, but Odin grabbed him by the tail, and threw him off the Bifrost and into the ocean of the human world below. As with their Mount Marvel counterparts in North mythology, off-screen deaths don't count. Odin knew the snake would return. Thor came to have a personal vendetta against the snake, each going to Earth. And each time, the snake grew larger, his coils appearing as islands in the vast sea. The world serpent waited for centuries, growing large enough to circle the Earth nose to tail his last confrontation with the god of thunder was coming. Drip and Fenrir, poor Fenrir, Loki's wolven son. He was called the god of wolves. He had once been a pup who sat as a faithful friend at Odin's side, but the young wolf quickly grew to dwarf the throne and the god upon it. The speed of his growth made the gods uneasy, but it was the prophecy that was the dog's undoing. The prophecy of Ragnarok said that Odin would meet his doom in Fenrir's jaws. That was when the gods began to have contests to challenge Fenrir's strength. Periodically, the gods would bind the wolf in some unbreakable material, and he would burst free in an impressive display of power. The gods would cheer at the show, but Fenrir only had eyes for Odin. His half-brother, Sleipnir, was Odin's steed, and perhaps, if he could just prove his power, he too could stay at the All-Father's side always. While Loki had known the truth, he had said nothing. Odin would never accept his son. Fenrir waited patiently for praise from the God of Gods. As a cub, Odin had been keen to throw words of wisdom his way. Now he had to beg for them. The cycle would continue. The wolf, the size of a mountain, would be bound, break free, seek approval, and then be returned to the dungeon. Half of the gods wanted to kill Fenrir to prevent his part in the prophecy. The other half, including Tyr, the god of war, wanted to stop the charade of chaining the wolf who had never shown any desire to harm them. Over and over Fenrir would be coaxed out of his dungeon by hints of a chance, just a chance, to prove himself a worthy protector and companion to Odin. Over and over Fenrir broke free. One day they brought dwarven chains, thin and light as ribbons, to bind him. The god Tyr, Fenrir's friend, put his arm into Fenrir's mouth as a good-faith gesture. If Fenrir got away free, so would Tyr. But when the wolf began to pull and strain at the chains, they f- he found they could not be broken. He felt humiliated, He had been proven unworthy to serve Odin. He hesitantly raised his eyes to see the shame on the All-Father's face, only to find joy. Odin had never planned to take Fenrir as a companion. The God of Wolves had been tricked. Furious and heartbroken, Fenrir struggled harder, then bit down on Tyr's arm and ripped it off at the elbow. He lunged at the God of War, but he was held fast by the chains. The god Vidar thrust his sword vertically between Fenrir's jaws, holding them open. His rage consumed him, and he longed to be Odin's faithful servant, but now he would stop at nothing to destroy him. That was our part one of our Ragnarok episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This episode was brought to you by Anchor, Spotify, and Princess Mary. So if you would like to help support the podcast, you can click on the support link in the episode description. It really does help me get together these episodes and just kind of keep me motivated to keep on working. It's it's really fun to go through these stories with you guys, and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I do. And I can't wait to finish... Ragnarok.